Good morning, Randy Dole Podcast. Chris, what's up? Hey, uh, you know, the usual. Um, it's Wednesday. We're doing a podcast again. We, we missed last week. We were uh, a little crazy busy. Yeah, but, we've been, um, we're going to talk about that a little bit. So we got to ask, what, watch this, you guys. What's on the shirt? He, uh, you want me to look at it? <laughs> well, usually he goes, hey. oh, Oh, this. Oh, this, this shirt. A little something I put on, you know. Well, yeah, I, so. I wore I wore this one today for Ed because I know he's a, a Ford and Shelby fan, and uh, so this one is actually it's new. It's the first time I've worn it, but it's uh, got the three GT forties from the, uh, you know, the three winning cars from the nineteen sixty six Le Mans. So yeah, that that's that's good. is that cool or what? Yep. But uh, just for you, Ed. That's yeah. right. But you know, according to the movie, um, where's it at? I've got to point to it right. This one, the number one car, should have been the winner, of course. With uh, um, oh man, my mind just went blank. That um, Ken Ken Miles, there you go. Ken Miles driving it. Yeah, that is. You know, I watched the movie a second time. It got more, even more out of it. You know, that was such a great era of of. Uh, of cars and 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 guys and none of this wussy stuff and you know <laughs> it just seemed i don't know I, I mean there's we got some tough guys now but you know that generation man they're they're hardcore you can imagine doing that and racing that in some of those cars i mean yeah, you're breaking no roll cages uh, you know, yeah, the, the Cobras with a little hoop and a bird uh, bird cage frame. I mean, they crumble like aluminum uh, soda can. Oh yeah, because it was too too much weight. If they put anything else in there, they forget about your life and safety. You know, yeah. it was, you know, too much weight. Well, it was back in the days. You know, growing up in Southern California, it was I got the the honor of the tail end right before they shut down Riverside. So I got to go out to Riverside and see some races at Riverside you know, as a, as a boy and man, that was exciting, you know? Yeah. I, my uh, car partner and I, we got invited to go out to Riverside, uh, before the last race, uh, with NASCAR, uh, and run our car with them for a while. That was a kick. Holy smokes. See, that's what I'm talking about, man. You couldn't, you, you don't get those opportunities today, you know? And it's just, I don't know. It was raw back then. So, well, hey, we're going to jump into some business side real quick. So I'm glad that we could see, you know, what shirt. And I'm going to tell you right now, I got a surprise coming for you, Chris. I've got a surprise coming. It's oh, going yeah. to come soon, too. Yeah, it's going to come soon, too. So, hey, uh, we want to thank PNS for making this happen, PNS Double Black Products. So we've had a, uh, we got a five day event coming on. So, hey, guys, come up. You got to come back behind. Come here. Come here. Come here. Get behind me real quick. Just wait to everybody. Just wait to everybody. So we got a five day going on right now. So they're uh, they're all they're all pretty. Uh, you got Golly Green, uh, you know, over here. You know, he's. I mean, Matt's tall. David's even know, taller. But, but so. He's hey. he's doing a really good job of hiding. He is. He is. Where'd Matt go? <laughs> there he is. Ah! <laughs> all right. Okay. Sit down. That's enough. <laughs> so we. Uh, that's it. That's it. They're gonna just sit there, just like. So we. Uh, We've had we've been crazy. I, I started out back in. I've been going nonstop. I mean, it was the rag company um, in, in back in late February, and then 
the East Coast and, and then double black, double trainings. We doubled up on trainings two months since then. Uh, we are recently up in Idaho with Sydney, you know, for her event up at, uh, up at her, uh, at her shop in her neighborhood, uh, Southern Utah. We had uh, a one day extreme training this last weekend with Jason Rose, uh, which was really fun. Uh, with Rupe S being here, uh, we've had three legend skills verification events, which were really fun. We're going to expand on those. And then new training center for PNS. And just recently, we uh, Air Force One's going to happen in a smaller level. So we've been busy. We've been and busy. Not, and not, not just Air Force One. we got to go to Monterey, Monterey this summer, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got – we've had – we did the uh, Squad 51 from the, the show Emergency, you know, yeah. so – we uh, will have a video coming out on that one. It was a lot of fun. But, uh, yeah, so it's been crazy. So, hey, Chris, you want to do a uh, read-off a little uh, bio about Ed? I mean, it's pretty pretty impressive. Well, I could definitely do that. You know, um, Ed sent me over a lot of cool stuff, and uh, this certainly doesn't do, ju do him justice because, you know, I shortened it up quite a bit. Um, but, uh, you know, is it is it inappropriate to call this guy a legend in the industry? No, I think it's very, I mean, he's, you know, I, we got, we got induced as a, uh, you know, on the, on the, in the hall of fame together, which blows me away that I'd, you know, be in the same class as a dude like this, um, you know, not, not worthy comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Ed has been a, uh, He's been a member of the IDA. Actually, he's a he's a founding member of the IDA since its inception, um, and he's definitely been a passionate promoter of the industry. I don't know, Ed. What what has it been since the sixties? Well, yes and no. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yes and no. Uh, washing waxing cars, you know, in high school before it was called detailing. Uh, yeah. But but the uh, the real deal didn't start till '88 when I offered the uh, class through the college for continuing education. Gotcha. Well, you know my my notes say that you began um, professional detailing in the in the '70s. You taught it. Uh, you taught detailing at Buena Park High School. Yeah, I, and didn't, start, I didn't start that till uh, about '92. I think it was. Did you? The principal found out what I was doing through the college and said, why aren't we doing it at school? I gave her five reasons why, and she said, I can fix that. <laughs> wow. so, well, well fa fast forward just a tiny bit, and uh, right around 2000, you began, uh, or or maybe it was 98, you said, but uh, uh, teaching at Cypress College, and uh, you know, the, the key takeaway here is lots and lots of detailing education, but um, uh, and then this past year or, or 2020, like Rennie was mentioning, he was inducted into the IDA Hall of Fame. And so it, uh, it sounds like you have, what, roughly about 50 years of teaching under your belt? Yeah, just a little bit over. Yeah. Yeah, wow. So there it's you pretty go. Impressive. Well, let me, let me go into some personal items on Ed. This dude, I, now I haven't seen him water ski, but I've seen a lot of photos and I've heard a lot of stories and the dude can water ski, still hardcore. Now, I can attest, the dude can snow ski because we've, we've skied together. So he's an excellent skier. The guy is car crazy. Uh, but more so is he's got a huge heart, is that if you're around him, um, I think that people 
the detailing skills that Ed can teach you are amazing, but the life skills and the people skills that Ed is constantly a great example of are mind blowing. Um, he's just really into people, but here he is, this Renaissance man, this, this person that's 360 degrees, that's hardcore yet. He's got a soft heart for people. And so, uh, one of the greatest honors that will ever go down in my career was being uh, inducted in the Hall of Fame with Ed. Uh, it was a great time. And uh, looking across the stage that night, it was hard to believe I was actually there. And uh, somebody I really am proud to call a friend. So, uh, Ed, welcome. Thank and you. Uh, we want to hear from your own words. What? Why detailing? What What the heck? What, what took you that direction? I have a feeling I know the answer, but I want to hear from you. Well... <clears throat> You know, again, I always tell this story. I, the story. The first paying customer that I had outside of my parents, who didn't pay me, <laughs> but on, on Saturdays I'd wash and wax cars with my dad. You know, as as needed. But anyway, I was in high school, and a, a friend's father asked me to uh, Simonize his Lincoln. You know, a 1964 65 battleship. You know. So I pulled in under the shade tree in the backyard, Simonized that sucker by hand. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, you know, the young people don't know what Simonize is. Tough stuff. Hard to put on, hard to take off. But anyway, I did it. Took it back. He was happy. Six months later, he asked me to do it again. And being, you know, very intelligent, which I thought I was, I thought, I'm not using Simonize. I'm going to use what we use, you know, a little turtle wax. So I did the car in half the time. Took it back to him. Excuse me. Later on, a week later, thereabouts, I'm up at the house visiting his daughter, who's just a, a friend from school, and um, he says, "So Ed, uh, what did you use on my car last week?" And proudly, I said, "Oh, I used turtle wax." He looked me dead in the eye and said, "I don't pay you ten bucks to turtle wax my car." That's the last oh, time. Oh, dang. Last time. Great learning experience. And then, uh, you know, in, in college, my uh, my senior year, I took a, a paint and body class, discovered I could spray paint and make it flow without running. And so when I started teaching in 71, teaching industrial arts, uh, in my plastics program, we did a ton of Baja kits. And all my students wanted them painted. So I started painting them uh, and helping them, uh, you know, half a dozen. And I realized I ain't doing this for free anymore. So my painting business kind of ex took off. Along with that, detailing became a must. You know, because mm. you make a mess out of a car getting them ready for paint. And then car shows, Mustang Club, the Cobra Club, you know, this and that, so forth. And then, you know, it was just a sideline hobby. And then in 88, my auto maintenance program was dying at night. And I know Rennie's heard this story before, but some kid in a mini truck drove by with, you know, bucket, sponge, hose, and his name on the side of the door said mobile detailing, which I'd never heard of prior to that. And I thought, wow, that's a great idea for my night class, I think. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I called my uh, college advisor and told him, he said, write it up. The following January, it started. That was 1988 and ran continuously up until, well, it's still running continuously um, 
I had one semester off when I had cancer and uh, uh, Jason Rose took that semester over for me. And now that I've resigned again or retired again, um, um, Prentice St. Clair is in line to pick it up for at least one semester, maybe longer. So the program's going to continue. You know, which, which That's is awesome. That's awesome. But, you know, <clears throat> early 90s, we started the Southern California Professional Detail Association. Basically, you know, some students kept hanging around after class talking and jokingly. I said, you guys need a club. And on the way home, that's why I do my best thinking. I thought, no, we need an organization. And about the same time, Bud Abraham calls me and says, hey, I'm having a convention in Long Beach, blah, blah, blah. You really need to come. So I, I showed up and uh, thank you. I showed up and actually Bud and I butted heads a little bit in the beginning. He wanted me to drop our idea and go with him gun ho. But we were meeting once a month for dinner with 30 to 40 people and some big players, you know, from, I guess you'd say outside the industry, but involved with the industry, you know, Ron Ketchum was one with uh, finished care at that time. And of course we had some representation from McGuire's and, and others. And I told Bud, I said, you know, I'm not letting this go. It's, it's working. I said, if we join you and I said, I'm not opposed to joining you, but, you know, what's going to happen. But over the years, Bud and I uh, got back on the same page. Good guy. I told him, uh, you know, back in 2020, I said, you know, you're the godfather of detailing and I'm the grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, you know, I think I think a lot of us butted heads with uh, Bud back in the day. He's a pretty powerful guy still. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ron Ketchum is another guy. If you, if you guys want to do some research on the shoulders that you're standing on, go back and look at that guy's knowledge base. He's got a 25 pound brain and, uh, and he's pretty, still pretty using smart it. guy. Yeah. He's still using it still uh, out there, you know, on, on uh, Facebook helping out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He's a smart guy. And so, so take us through. So education was a big part of it. Organization's a big part of it. Um, hold hold on one second. <laughs> hey guys, we're, we're live. We're, yeah, thanks. Sorry, we just had someone walk in. The dog to be quiet, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep, they're going nuts. Um, so you know, let's talk about education for a second. You know, back back in the eighties. So here's a funny thing: when you guys were having those dinners, I was actually out of the detailing. I'd sold my detailing company in eighty. Oh shoot. I think I want to say it was like 80, 86 or 87. Um, I got into the window tending industry uh, and you guys were having those meetings and I actually was down in Orange County and somehow I'd heard about it and went to one, uh, even though I wasn't in the industry anymore. And it was pretty cool. You know, I don't remember all the people that were there, but it, it was the first time I'd seen any organization like in the automotive industry, like kind of come together you know and uh i just i just remember being really impressed wanting to do that with the window tinners and it it just didn't happen you know it just wasn't happening so let's talk the ida let's talk about you know what you know you saw value in in industry organizations way back in the day right what what's the idea bring to the table from from your viewpoint 
Well, they've been able to do what all the other ones, you know, fell short of, and that's, you know, really create an association that um, is international and brings people together. Now we're offering certifications and training and, uh, you know, the ability to network. And, of course, you know, what we're doing now is, you know, that didn't exist back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Uh, so... You know, we, we, didn't, the, we didn't. We didn't I, have any. We didn't have any source. The only source that we had for for known what I call known knowledge was when you got a chance to meet another another professional, and you could ascertain that they knew what they're doing. And if they, they knew what they're talking you, about, if they would talk to you, if they would talk to you, and you know, most everybody of the time they a, wouldn't. Everybody had a secret. When I started my class in '88, I had three or four detailers that had been in the industry for 10 to 20 years, I was a little intimidated to about the third week. I realized they were doing it, but they didn't know anything about it. They were just doing it. You know, uh, it's kind of crazy. And you know, it stayed with me for several semesters, which really helped the program. You know, and, and I think, you know, the IDA came in and they, 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 they stabilized and franchised uh, a, a, an SOP. For detailing, yeah. you know, yeah. and I think it's so important because you know we still see people fractionalized in in knowledge and in, in abilities and know how and how they go about doing things. It's still fractionalized. If you could imagine going back 10, 20, 30 years ago, uh, there was no standardization, and to a great degree, that's why we were known as a gypsy industry, yeah. is because. Nobody had brought in common sense and common practices into play. And I think the IDA definitely, you know, you're one of the motivating members of the IDA. You and you, Bob Phillips, Prentice Keith, uh, are all reasons that I put my my um, push on with the IDA because I saw what all of you guys were doing. I know I'm leaving names out. Greg Sweat. I mean, there's a lot of people I'm leaving names out of. Yeah. But you guys, all that original crew, I'd say there's probably 10 or 12 of you that right. just kept pushing. No matter what, they, you guys kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. Because you, you saw more than anybody what needed to happen for the industry. And, and, and so many of us owe, us owe you guys a thank you because it really has bettered the industry. You know, And so many people come out and they say, well, you know, why should I join the IDA? What would be your answer? I want to hear this. Well, I don't have a, a pat answer for it, but, you know, I look at it this way. If you're a doctor, you, you're certified and you belong to an association. The carpet cleaning industry has an association. Most people don't know that. It's huge. And I first learned about that back in 88, 89. One of their members took my class. He came in with a three-inch thick notebook on carpet cleaning. You know, um, you know it's mechanics. Great mechanics, you know, they're AFC certified. Uh, most of them belong to some type of association. If you're a professional, I just always thought you need to be part of an association. And that being said, for what it costs to be a member of IDA, break it down to you know, pennies a day, you know, was it 115 bucks a year? You get some pennies a day. 
Yeah, you, you get some notoriety, you get some advertisement. I've had people say, well, you know, I've never had a customer ask me if I was a member. Well, yeah, because they don't know about it yet. You know, no, no, you're not marketing that you're certified. Right. You start, will. You, you start marketing that you're certified and watch what happens. We created a certification course in our company just for the fact that I could say all our details are certified. This was way before in these organizations, you know, uh, we had all of them pop up, but nothing was nothing was sticking. There was no glue to it. And so I'm telling you, you start marketing that you you got. First off, a lot of people don't do this. Who says you're good? You know, who who's that? You might be your customers. I hate to say it, and I'm probably going to get slammed for this, but most customers don't know a good detail. That's right. You know, they get bad details all the time. And so why not go out and get it? And I'm not saying that you're bad, but why not say, why not have somebody else say that you're good, you know, other than you? And and, yeah. and I think it's an important part a lot of people don't think about. I've got the perfect example. You know, we detailed staff cars at the high school. You know, one semester a year, I offered the detailing program for one period of day. I had one teacher brought her car in. It was thrashed. And uh, day one, all they do is wash and vacuum. You know, you got 40 minutes, 40 minutes of work time. And uh, she picked up the car in the afternoon, obviously. The next day, the student went to get the keys for the car. And she said, oh, I thought it was all done. She says, it's never looked so good. And he says, well, all we did was wash it. We still need to wax it and polish it. So anyway, it came back and we did it. But, you know, typical. It didn't take care wow. of it. All of a sudden, it was just clean and she thought it had been detailed. No, isn't that, isn't that true? And so, you know, you've watched your, your first, when you went back, when you got involved in the IDA and you went to your first little uh, uh, meeting with the IDA, how many people were there? Well, you know, my, my first meeting with a group of people, per se, was at SEMA. And, uh, you know, we we're sitting around a table. And uh, I looked over at Claude Harris, and I said, Claude, could you imagine us doing this back in the day? And he laughed. And there was a young guy there. He said, kind of sarcastically, I think, but he meant, well, he kind of looked at us. He said, well, you guys didn't have the Internet then. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Exactly, for good or bad. Yeah, you, yeah university right. of YouTube's not always the best way to go. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of YouTube certified detailers out there. There's there's some know. good stuff coming out finally. Yeah. yeah, there 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 is. There's some real bad stuff too. Yeah, you know, there's there's and it amazes me that some of these yahoos have the nerve to say what they they say. You know, and I'm like, oh, my God, who ties your boots in the morning? You know, yeah. I mean, it's like, really, where the hell did you come from? You, you know, know, back on the IDA, I've got two, I don't want to call them beefs, I'll call them concerns. Um, one, people sign up, join, they get certified, and then they don't rejoin. Mm -hmm. I think that's a terrible way to go about it. You know, and they don't take down their badging. They don't take it off the truck, you know, sticker off the truck or whatever. You know, if you're going to join and get certified, stay with it and support it and help it grow. You know, I have guys go, well, when are they going to offer insurance? I go, when we get 100,000 members. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you and I, were, we, we watched ASE grow, you know, both of us in our times. And I remember walking in the shop the first time and I saw an ASE certification. And I asked the shop, well, what is that? So explain it to me. And I was a very, very young driver at the time. And I remember that was a big deal to me. It stuck with me. So I'd go and talk to a shop and I'd ask him, hey, so are you an ASE? And I walked out of a couple shops and didn't yeah. have repairs done yeah. back in the day. Well, you know, my I never thought of that, Ed. And that's a great point. Basically, when people do that, you're a fraud. You know, you're yeah. you're 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 playing wannabe and you know, and you're probably the same, you know, person that's saying, Oh, I'm successful. Um, you know, so many people on the for the IDA they say, you know, what's it gonna do for me? Here's the deal, man. This is where you eat. This is where you make your living. This is where this is where you take and feed your family. This is where you feed your, you know, a lot of things come out of the IDA and the industry. And you might say, well, the IDA doesn't affect my life at all. That's because you're not putting anything into it. Is if you don't put anything into something, you're not going to get anything out. And so, you know, I'm going to speak totally to the Latino population right now. We need representation at the highest levels within the IDA. I mean the highest levels. <laughs> And we need you to get involved in this group and help us out. Yeah, I, I chuckled. Dave Silicon just came up and said, we asked about insurance back in the days of SCPDA, which is true. D David is one of the original members of the Southern California Professional Detail Association. He and Derek Demas and I. Another guy that's been around for a long time in the trench warfares and has forgot what more than what people know. So yeah. hey, let's take a, let's take a couple of a break. So we're, we want to share something with you guys real quick. So today's uh, takeaway moment. We're going to ask you some hard questions here in a second, Ed, and I can't wait to see it. Is hey, Gary? Where you at? Gary, get over here. So so Gary's actually with us. So this is a knee grip, guys. Uh, we've been using these. Gary introduced this to me. He happens to be here uh, showing the class some new products. Uh, these things, you know, I've got what's called dirty knee syndrome with detailers. This is Gary. The, owner of the company, designer of these things. Uh, this thing, he's got a wide range of tools. You're going to see a lot of pictures popping up this week of all of our class using it. Is I, A lot of detailers have what's called dirty knee syndrome. Is They get down, they put their knees down on the ground, and then I would never hire you to come in and do a job again because you don't want to be dirty. You want to look like a dentist, not a detailer. So not only do knee grips and all of his, his, his products, uh, stools and everything else keep you from getting dirty, but also impact and damage to the knee and they make you look professional. And so we wanted to take and introduce Gary and have him say hi. Say hi. Thank you. you got it. So, yeah, and it's not a, it's not just a, it's not just the knee gra grips. He's got the, uh, the shop rat mats, yep. um, you know, a wide variety of cool stuff like that. And, uh, just, uh, just in case people want to go and find it, just, uh, Google, um, just Google knee grip, but I believe it's kneegrip.com is the website. Yep. There you go. And so go on and check it out, you guys. Dave Silicon has been involved with this for a long, long time. He's a big fan of it also. Now, before I ask you some cool questions, Ed, and uh, I want to tell you, did you know my very, very first year talking about Bajas? Everybody's Baja on their bugs, right? Yeah. My first car was a Baja bug, yeah. 1980, 1982. Yeah. I bought it in 1982. It was a 1966. And I'll tell you a funny story. I was, I, I, I'd only driven a stick a couple times so the next i got it late in the afternoon real early evening i got it home 
I was a little scared to take it out at nighttime because I wanted to, you know, make sure I could drive it right. So the next day I drove it all around our neighborhood, got good, decided to get it out onto the 10 freeway, come around to a loop onto the 215, and then come back home. So I get it on the freeway, I'm going, and I just got onto the 215 freeway, and all of a sudden power cuts off, and I, and I, and I do this. And I was like, what the hell? So I, you know, back then there wasn't a lot of traffic. So I limped its way over to the side of the road, got out of my car, and I look out the freeway, and the, there's a big battery sitting there. Well, the pan had rotted out. I didn't know any better. Hit the pan. The battery fell through the pan. I ran it over. So I got, I ran out of the traffic. I got the battery out. I walked up and down the side of the freeway. I found a board. I put a board in where the battery goes to keep the battery from falling out. And uh, I had to keep it there. I bought the car in July. We didn't go back to school until September. So I rigged the board up a little better. And then in September, our metal shop, we, we, we did a project on my Baja, and we put a whole new custom pan into it, cut it all out, and put a pat, custom pan in. But there's my story on my Baja, you know? <laughs> and I've got a, you know, I've got a 66 Baja bug, too. Mine's, uh, mine's still got a floor pan, though. Yeah, you well, you really deep down, we know you want to be me, so yeah. it's okay. I, I beat you guys in 1966. I imported a brand new Volkswagen. For 14, Did you really? For fourteen hundred and fifty fifty three or fifty six bucks, I kept it just over a year. I hated it. <laughs> no power, couldn't get out of its way. Oh, yeah, no, it's a little sixteen hundred motor. Yeah, yeah. well, thirteen hundred then. Oh, yeah, the 1300. Yeah. So I'd upgrade to mine to a 1600. Yeah. So funny, my, my, my cousin bought one. Um, his, his dad did pretty well. And uh, they bought one. It, somebody was in some money, I think, with my cousin, uh, with, with my uncle. Uh, he ended up getting this Baja bug and trade instead of the money. So my cousin comes driving over, and he's got this thing, and I hear it coming around the corner. As soon as I, as soon as I hear it, I know what's going on. I go out there. My, my cousin's, it's, it's got an 1835 on it in it with the tri-mill exhaust and i told my cousin this thing will pop wheelies because it had one of the one-piece front ends and literally you could pull the front wheels off the ground because yeah. there's just no weight to the thing so right. he ended up putting a 21 he ended up building it out and put a 2180 in it uh and he literally would pull wheelies uh yeah. I, I thought he was gonna flip the car yeah. <laughs> i mean i thought he was gonna flip the car that baja and oh man i was so jealous so and, i wanted to hit him I over Ed, I know you're a Ford guy. What what uh what do you have that you uh, cruise around in these days? Oh well, yeah, I've got a car partner. We hooked up back in eighty. Let's see, when was it? Seventy eight, eighty, right in that that time period. A long story how we met, but anyway, Steve and I started uh, flipping cars in order to uh, build our first race car, which happened. We went to Willow Springs with my Mach One. And on the way home, I said, I'm not doing that again, but this was a ton of fun. He says, I got a 66 in the backyard. Let's build it. So in six months, we had it track ready. And then, you know, over the years, we've bought, fixed, sold to pay our, help pay for our racing habit. And over that time, uh, jointly, we built a, a GT350 clone, uh, one of the early ones. I think we finished that car in about 85, 87. Uh, I hate to tell this story, but 
1992, we started acquiring parts from high-tech Cobra out of uh, Phoenix, Arizona, with intentions of building this Cobra 100% correct. But the race car kept getting in the way. And my buddy has a habit of getting other projects. So he had a Harley project. And everything it takes a week takes three months with him. (laughs) And he got a Bronco. And that turned into a project. And the Cobra kept getting put back, put back, put in uh, 2009, I guess it was. He looked at me and said, are we ever going to finish this car? I said, where do you get we? I'm retired and you're still working. And long story short, we came up with a financial agreement. So I finished building the car, which at that time was 10% done. (laughs) So he he did build the motor, the transmission, and the independent rear end. But I did all the body fab, all the aluminum, uh, except for the hoods and doors, which we had a coach maker build those. Um, You know, I've got my Jeep Cherokee, which Randy has seen, which is very scary. you know, cut and polish paint job on it. People go, do you ever take it off road? And I just go look underneath. It's filthy. You know, Jason. Hey, so do you, Ed, do you have any kids that really like that, that, that truck? Uh, no, you know, I have one child, my daughter and my grandkids aren't quite, quite there. You do. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah, I'm just saying, man, if it hasn't already been promised to somebody else, I want first rights because that's okay. just that hey, thing. What? Is, uh, what's that? Oh, I was going to say, I saw the Cobra recently at, uh, at Claude's uh, IDA event, and that thing was pretty hot. Well, it, it was way hot, but that's more in, you know, with your pocketbook. I got to go for the Jeep, you know. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, when you talk about way hot, yeah, they are on the inside, you cook. Sometimes oh, yeah. my throttle yeah. gets so hot, I don't know where hey, to put it. Let me ask you a question. This is, you know, we didn't go over this at all, but how, how important is it? You know, I see detailers that come in that love cars, and I see detailers that come in that don't know a thing about cars. Um, I personally think that I, I think the people that are really passionate about automobiles do a little better in the industry because it's. It, I think you can, the customers can feel and see and taste your your passion. What, what would be your, your take on that? Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. And, you know, I go back, you know, as you know, Barry McGuire is a personal friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, years ago, he mentioned the word passion, and I've continued that on through all my education. If you don't have a passion for what you're doing, get out of it because it's hard work. You got to be passionate about it. Um, in the body shop industry, they don't want people passionate about cars because they take too long to get it done. So yeah. Detailers in a body shop, you know, are, are volume. And it's hard to be passionate when you're trying to get perfection, but you only have an hour and a half to do it. You know? Yeah, that's true. So, hey, yeah. looking down into your crystal ball, where's, where's the detailing industry headed? Where are we going? I, I think we're still growing. I think we're still in our infancy as a, a, an industry. Um, somehow we need to get uh, the public more aware of what it is. And I think one of the other things that, that's helping us too is, you know, this younger generation doesn't want to do anything for themselves. You know, they, they'd rather pay somebody to do it and have it done, you know, instant gratification kind of thing. So that might be good for us. 
my fear, my concern, I, I'm going to touch politically a little bit, but in the political environment we're in right now and in California, if you're detailing, I hope you're saving some money because if things get more and more expensive, who's going to have 350, you know, 500, 1800 for coatings to spend on their car? So, you know, right now, the industry is in a good place. A lot of guys are making good money. I just pray and hope that they're banking it, you know, and looking forward to when things aren't quite so good. Because and we're we're just talking about that. We have a downfall, and we'll have a recovery. But you know, I hope I'm wrong. I no, just news today that the California has got the best economy in the whole nation by far. I don't know if I believe that, but that's what the news guy was saying. Yeah, no. It, <laughs> let me tell you, I, you know, lifetime, you know, generational Californian, you know, lived out of the state for a while. Um, my fear is we got a whole generation of professional detailers that have never seen any kind of economic uh, slowdown. Never. Yes. Uh, we've had it really lucky the last damn near for a decade. I mean, it's right. been on the upturn. It's been on the upturn for a decade. I've never seen it go this long. Uh, detailing's become popular, but like you said, we're going to start competing with dollars, other dollars, not just detailing dollars, but other dollars. And I'm with you. I, I see these guys starting these big shops up, um, you know, with, with massive overhead. Uh, and it just worries me of what's what we're going to see the fallout uh, when it does, you know, the economy. And I, I'll share this politically. You're an entrepreneur. You're self-employed. You better start voting like an entrepreneur, because if you don't start voting, entrepreneur habits is we're you're, we're going to be in big trouble as as small businesses. And I don't care what side of the aisle you're from. You're a big boy or girl. You better make that decision. But uh, if you're self-employed, better start thinking like you're self-employed, like an entrepreneur, because That's the right. shit's going to catch up to us. Yeah. Simple you as know, that. One of the things I've always uh, told people and taught my classes, very few people are born an entrepreneur. So you better take some business classes. You know, yeah. At least business 101, at the least. Yeah, Just absolutely. Basics. And a finance class would be great as oh, well. Amen. You know, Learn how to... Then you have Learn a what a PL is. What's a profit and loss statement? Right. Most, most most entrepreneurs, not I'm not gonna pick on detailers. Most entrepreneurs don't look at their PL. They don't look at their finance. I don't look at mine five five days a week, you know, yeah. at least. And so yeah, you just you just nailed it. So hey, one one great piece of advice, either that you've come up with on your own or a piece that you you were given at some point during your lifetime. What 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 would what's that piece of advice that you'd like to share with, with, with the others listening? You know, I thought about, I knew you were going to ask that question and I thought about it all night long and uh, God, it's hard to come up with one. Right. And if I had to say one, I just sort of alluded to it, but education, training, you know, you don't have to go to college. You don't have to take uh, um, a, a course that's set up for it, but you've got to take advantage of it every little one day event that you can do, whether it's free or whether you pay for it, 
you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Now that I'm quote retired, I'm thinking about offering training by the hour. Not everybody mm -hmm. can afford your five day class. Absolutely. Not wants a five day class. I had a guy call and wanted to learn how to do headlights. Um, and the, the problem I find, and it may be the, the wall that I'll run up against, the guys that need it the most don't have any money or don't want to spend the money. They want everything for free. I had a guy go off on me on Facebook one day because I jokingly, he didn't see it as a joke, and I realized why I should put LOL afterwards. But I said, you know, I'd be glad to help you for a fee. Oh, man, I had 20 lashings from different people about I thought this site was supposed to be for free information and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, and I love to tell those kind of people, come on over. I've got a whole neighborhood full of cars of all my neighbors. Come on over and start working for free every day and see how long that lasts. Yeah. Just because they're used to being gypsies, you know, doesn't mean that you are. You know, you've got a home that you live in. You've got investments, cars, a life, kids, you know, all that. So I know it'd be nice if you had one great magical answer for that, but... Like I said there's a lot of little ones, but I think the most important one is uh, continue to educate yourself and and don't totally count on the YouTube deal. Although there are some good sites out there, um, you know. So that's I love it. On it, so I'm available. Okay, so really <laughs> let's uh, let's go ahead and how how can you know you're fun to connect with? So how can people connect with you on social media? Well. Uh, I'm probably going to lose my Facebook page through the college. I'm not sure what's going to happen there, but um, I'm on Facebook. Oh, actually, I won't. Uh, I'm on Facebook as Ed Terwilliger, and then it says AKA Professor Detail. Um, I have another uh, Facebook page, which is my family one, and I prefer detailers stay on just mine where it says Ed Terwilliger. And then if anybody's taking notes out there, my phone number is 714-504-1557. I probably won't answer, so leave a message and I'll get back to you. You know, as you know, we get so many calls. If I don't recognize the number, you know, I don't call it back. If they don't leave a message, I don't call back. Uh, but those are two ways of you know, getting to me actually with Facebook, you know, do the private messenger. Uh, cool. Right on. Well, Hey, um, you know, we want to again, thank you for coming in buddy. And, uh, it's always yeah. good to talk to you and hear your story. Um, I think people's stories are so amazing and we can learn so much from them. Uh, we want to take and again, thank PNS and, uh, knee grip for, uh, making this one happen this week. Make sure to like, and subscribe, uh, make sure to share this, uh, within the di different uh, detailing forums and so forth. Ed's a great guy. And my leave out this, this week is going to be simple, is be very careful on who you allow into your brain. Very Be very careful who you open your ears up for knowledge and input. As there's a lot of mis-tribal uh, information out there right now. Ed's a wealth of solid information and good information. Uh, make sure that you're taking and allowing the right people to fill your brain up with the right information and that you're not taking misinformation and using it in your business uh, because it could really cost you. So 
with that, Ed, thanks for coming in, man. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Uh, get your butt up here. I'd love to see you ride the bike up. Uh, it's got to be warm. What's the temperature going to be down by you today? Uh, probably in the 90s. You know, not right right now coming up to see you is not too bad because I'd leave in the morning, but coming home in the afternoon through uh, Redlands and San Berdu on a motorcycle, that's torture for an hour. Oh, it's horrible. It's yeah. And it's just getting worse. We are just talking about that. So, yeah. well, well you, could, you could drive that Jeep up to Rennie, though. Yeah, yeah, there you go. He, he does that during the wintertime. Well, you know, I, I don't want him drooling all over. You know, I have to wipe yeah. it off afterwards. That's exactly it. That's exactly <laughs> it. Grand Theft Auto, the next time he has it up here, he's going to be carless because I'm going to steal it. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, hey, thanks a lot. Thank Again, you. thanks for tuning in. Ed, thanks for coming in. We'll see you, you next bet. time, guys. All Take right. care. We'll see you later. Right. Thanks, Ed. Yep. Bye, Chris.